0: i Spaces Hello and welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Today on The Ether, Into the Yumiverse, featuring Peastake Finance. Let's take a listen. Hey,
1: how's it going? All is good, good sir. How are you? You know, it's a, uh, it's a very cold day in Las Vegas, uh, but I'm doing okay. Cool. Waiting on uh, peace Stake Finance to join as well. Uh,
2: cool. sweet. I think we're waiting on Rudraj. Um, yeah, so just on that, unfortunately, Rudraj won't be able to join. There was a last night thing that he had to attend to. So, sorry for that, but I hope I can uh, speak for both of us. Oh no
1: worries at all. Thank you guys for being here. I think we have everyone. Um Woz, is Brandon joining. Let me uh oh there there he is. He's just got a request to speak to that lazy guy. There he is. He's always he's always only on time. Oh my goodness. If you aren't five minutes early, you're late, right? Listen to you talking right, Was. <laughs> We'll hand it over to the OG, the the master ceremonies, Waz and Brandon. Hey, Brandon, you wanna you wanna kick us off, man?
3: I guess I'm the old and the OG, right? Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for everybody for joining us on another episode of Into the Umiverse. Uh, we're really excited to be with you today. We've got a lot of big updates um, around the Oho launch. Uh, maybe you also saw another one of our projects launching, um, Taboo. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those uh, cool updates that we've got, as well as some um, just some general Umi updates, and then we'll get into our conversation with PSake. Um Really, one of the when you talk about OGs, um, really the OG of liquid staking in the ecosystem. Um, they've had a liquid staking derivative of atoms since. Geez, I, I can't even I can't even tell you when they were the first one though. That's for sure. And um, yeah, so they're finally getting. Some of their do that you've got some great pools forming on Crescent Hub, and um, they're probably going to see a lot more adoption this year, it just as you know, LSDs are, are all the raids. So, before we get into that, let's jump into some UMI updates. So, if you've uh, been watching, maybe you've heard um, basically our latest update, 4.2.0, lol, um, is where we added IBC rate limits. So, we've got um, basically the ability to cap how much IBC can go out of the system. It's a little bit different from a lot of the other um, sort of implementations of IBC rate limits that you've seen across the ecosystem. Um, You've got things like Osmosis and Stride uh, implementing various ways of doing this. The real way that UMI kind of differentiates itself in its implementation is that we put an overall cap on the outflows of um, all of our IBC denoms, and it's based on a dollar value and of course with Waz being here we've added an integration with historical so that basically no one can price manipulate their way out of the system and so what this allows us to do is it allows us to say hey there's a there's an exact dollar amount that we can guarantee no matter how you hack us whatever we can't anticipate Um, whatever code, code manipulation you can do or market manipulation you can do, there's always going to be a sort of overall limit of what you can actually get out of the system. And so that's something that no other um, lending protocol can really offer um, in terms of that app chain vision. That's what really differentiates a Cosmos app chain from something like a DeFi protocol on say Ethereum. Um, One of the major driving factors, well, obviously we've been working on this before it happened, but Take a look at something like the Euler uh, attack um, recently where they lost about, what was it, about a hundred, and I think it was over $180 million were drained via just a simple code issue um, that allowed them to basically manipulate how the reserves worked in terms of sending debt tokens into the reserve and liquidating the reserve. And so that was an attack that was made possible, yes, by a, a, a limitation in the code, or or a lack of a limitation in that sense but also it was just something they didn't anticipate and so because there's sort of an there's an inherent dependency on ethereum for them they were not able to block the amount of tra- of transfers out of the of their system and so that's what ibc rate limiting is really the that's what the purpose of it is for umi we basically want to say hey if if there's something that we can't anticipate because there's always something out there right whether it's a market manipulation or anything of that sort there's going to be a cap on how much you can actually get out of Umi which is something that no other lending protocol can guarantee, can guarantee so definitely that's the biggest update on Umi we've also added in some minimum gas prices um not minimum gas fees but the prices actually for those transactions to go through um what that means is that we'll be able to prevent things like dusting so if you've kind of paid attention to anything like the overall transaction rates in the ibc ecosystem you'll always see umi really either at number one or number two and some of that is due to dusting we noticed that there were some transactional patterns that sort of emulated the dusting pattern Um, there's not really there's not really a reason for this we haven't come up with a great like whether it was an airdrop sort of gaming system that someone just ran whether it was a bot gone wild or whether it was like a truly something that was trying to find maybe an exploit but what we have identified as a solution into preventing all of those things. So by having a minimum gas price, we basically block that ability because now if you want to dust someone, you have to pay a higher fee um, and that's going to be, be able to basically disincentivize those folks from doing so. And so that's basically the major updates from UMI. We're also, up, we're also including a fast follower to our IBC rate limits that should be coming out in our 4.3 upgrade. Um, to make it even more safer, but also more user friendly, to prevent things like spam. Um, because right now the system is very safe, but we also want it want it to be adaptable to um, different levels of inflows. As Umi is growing, um, another big p- piece of news: we've reached the top ten in Cosmos in terms of TVL. Um, we are the number one fastest growing protocol in TVL for the for the month. Um, even with all the craziness going on, even with you know everything going down in terms of like uh, with, with, this, with all the banking crises and, and Silicon Valley Bank and all, all that craziness, we're still growing, which is an incredible feat. Um, hats off to all of the team and all of the community, obviously, for supporting. But we want to be able to keep accommodating that growth as whales start to bring their funds and as, as more adoption happens, we need to make sure our IBC rate limits can adapt to that change. And so that's going to be the next update, um, as well as some key features around security and just general efficiency. Uh, But that's the UMI side. Uh, Before we get into Taboo, I want to throw it over to Waz with some important updates on Oho's testnet and what we can anticipate uh, coming soon.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as we've been talking about on Twitter, the testnet's going great. We've got about 200 different validators uh, just from around the world on the testnet, and that's not even incentivized. So... We have validators that are practicing you know, getting the lowest miscounter possible, being able to vote the, the most effectively, and we're really just trying to battle test our system before we launch our second testnet. So um, we're going to be announcing on this Friday a leaderboard page that anybody's going to be able to go to and see which validators have the lowest amount of miscounters. And this is going to be super important for OHO because part of your staking rewards when you delegate to a validator um, on OHO will be defined by the amount of miscounters that they have in relation to the other validators logarithmically. Um, So it it can really impact rewards if you're delegating to, uh, you know, say a small validator that's actually very, very good at um voting on prices it's it's pretty awesome to see so uh we're working on that um you know we we've got the the airdrop spec defined for uh oho coming up if you want to check out our github that's in our docs there um we're going to have a releasing schedule for these tokens that are at genesis so if anyone's curious check that out um we're working on you know our, our runtime verification audit still we're going through issues that they're finding and really just trying to, to battle test this as we head into mainnet. Um, and I, I think the, probably the last major update is we're currently migrating the UMI price feeder, which is kind of where the price feeder originated into the, the OHO org repo. So if you have a project that's uh, using UMI's price feeder or you forked us or using our libraries or something like that, make sure to switch over to the OHO price feeder. We're going to be marking that for deprecation very soon. And we're going to start doing releases on the OHO side. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that because that allows our team to better maintain these different versions of price feeders, and we hope that other protocols that have forked us end up creating a branch on the the OHO price feeder repo as well, like uh, like Kujira and possibly Juno. So yeah, we I mean we've got a lot going on. It's a little over all over the place, um, but you know as it usually is when you head into mainnet. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll hand it over back to you, Brandon, for Taboo updates.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into um, our conversation with p um, obviously we announced Taboo, which is our, um, I don't really like to call it a wallet because it's a lot more than that. It's really what we're calling a, a DeFi, sort of a command center. Um, the really key difference here, and we haven't really released any information on the wallet yet, but do wanna explain that we're trying to take the concept of the wallet and we're trying to apply sort of the TradFi and FinTech app um, aesthetic and, and sort of uh, feature set into that in, into that wallet functionality. And so what that means is the way that you go into, say, your Chase app and you can, within the same app, get a loan, um, get a mortgage, get a home equity loan, get a, you know, have a checking account, a savings account, all of these cool different financial products in one cohesive mobile experience. That's what we're trying to achieve with Taboo. And so what that will look like is you'll go into Taboo without having to go to a browser or having some sort of permissioned app setting directly from the UI. It'll be integrated into, say, swaps from Osmosis, um, credit accounts via Mars and UMI, um, being able to get a loan through UMI, uh, being able to create a DAO through DowDow. Like These are all different things that we're going to integrate directly into the actual app. That way you don't have to worry about, Okay, well, do I have like, you know, like really the name taboo comes from the Japanese word for tabs, because when we were when we were experiencing DeFi, it's like, okay, well, I've got my osmosis tab open. Oh, but I want a bridge from Axlar to trade a token. Well, let me open a tab for Axlar. Oh, well, I want to get a loan with this, too. Let me open a tab for UMI. And and it goes on and on and on. And if you want to check your balances, if you want to see the prices of something, you go to coin gecko. Really, what we're trying to do is consolidate all of that into one cohesive UI. And so more and more information is going to come out about that. Um, what we're also doing is we're preparing for a gated uh, beta launch. And so what that's going to look like is we're actually releasing a fun little NFT project, completely airdropped. We're going to start in um, releasing information about that in the coming weeks. And what that will do is anyone that's airdropped in a NFT project, uh, one of these NFTs, will actually receive uh, beta access. And so it's gonna be an NFT gated launch. It really have, hasn't been an app launch like this before. And so we really wanna sort of own that Cosmos aesthetic and really have it be a celebration of Cosmos. Um, it'll be on Stargaze, of course. So if your Stargaze account has that NFT in there, uh, you'll be able to get access. And so we'll be announcing some snapshot information about that so that people can know, you know these are the projects we're gonna airdrop to and what the requirements are. And obviously, um, we'll be opening that up more and more. So our first airdrops will have actually the ability to send those, those NFTs to other folks to invite their friends. And so it's going to be a really cool community-based uh, launch that we hope that everyone's really excited for, because I know we are. And so that's, that's pretty much it for Taboo. Um, we'll, we'll get a marketing site and everything ready to go in the coming, coming weeks as well. And we'll announce like you know all of the functionality. You'll be able to see screenshots and everything of all the functionality that we're working on as well as get updates from the team and learn more about us as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's everything for, I think, all of UMI's projects. Why don't we jump into the conversation with p So as I mentioned, p um, otherwise known as Persistence, um, we've, they've got a lot of different iterations and cool projects that they've been working on. But primarily, the liquid staking derivative um, that they've produced, especially like an SDK Atom, is something that has actually been um, one of the first or, or the first liquid staking derivative in uh, the entire Cosmos ecosystem. And so that's something that we want to highlight. Um, and yeah, I want to just turn it over to some of our speakers from p um, Let's see, SDK uh, Vankar, if you want to give a quick intro to yourself and maybe a little bit about the uh, project itself.
2: Yep, sure, Brandon, thanks for that and uh, thanks for the kind words as well indeed PStake was the first one to uh, have a liquid stake product for H-steak, for atom out uh, but quickly about me i am aditya i as you can read by my bio i am the chief vibes officer at PStake. so i mean besides from leading marketing i look into strategy and research as well so uh, yeah that's about me so i mean coming to maybe what persistence or P stake is persistence is a layer 1 in cosmos which is focused entirely on liquid staking Whereas PSTE is the liquid staking issuance arm of Persistence. So it's one and the same, you could say, but also independent teams. Whereas positions focuses on the chain and the ecosystem development, while PSTE focuses on liquid stake asset issuance. So obviously we started in early 2021 with SDK Atom. At that time, you know, there was no IBC, there's no DeFi in Cosmos. So we had to go uh, on a very different and experimental route, wherein we decided to issue these assets on the Ethereum chain. Because that is where maybe DeFi was kicking off in the DeFi summer. <clears throat> So that's how we got started. With we had a, uh, at its peak we had a TVL or as in, as we like to call it TVU, which is total value unlocked because we believe liquid staking unlocks value rather than locks it in. So we had a total value unlocked of around thirty five million dollars for STK atoms on Ethereum. But then as you know, Cosmos developed as IPC was introduced, ICA was introduced. It was very clear that that route something that was not going to be scalable or not not, not even something good that Cosmonauts would prefer. Because on Cosmos, there are low fees, very intuitive UX, smart, smooth, and very resilient. That's when we decided to kind of sunset that product and move to Cosmos entirely. So early Jan this year, that is when we launched a new and refreshed SDK atom, which is non fully non-custodial. There is no bridges involved. It uses the entire interchain tech stack that is there. And since, uh, since the launch, we have around, uh, around 270,000 atoms staked with PStack so far in these two, two odd months. Uh, we have our liquidity pools on Crescent, as you mentioned, and Osmosis, which have which both have around a million in liquidity. So it's, it's been great having the product out there. Whereas the first two months were just focused on having the product out there, get feedback, reiterate on our UX, which is kind of a major focus for us. And uh, we had another audit completed after launch, and this is where we kind of uh, go into or expand our journey into the Cosmos ecosystem with uh, integrations with cool teams like Umi.
3: No, that's really awesome to hear, man. And yeah, we're we're really excited to get SDK Adam uh, eventually onto me as well. You mentioned that you're on Osmosis, but it's really cool that you guys are also on Crescent because something that we're working on um, is actually a, a Crescent uh, price feed. And so that's going to allow us to really harden all of our price feeds. Right now, a lot of assets are only on Osmosis. Um, it's, kind of, it's basically like the de facto liquidity hub of Cosmos. But as Crescent kind of grows out their functionality, I mean, they've got a lot of cool things like concentrated liquidity that actually aren't available on Osmosis. And so we want to make sure that we're able to capture that audience as well. And so the fact that you're on both actually makes, you know, Waz's life a lot easier because he can can get your prices from multiple locations. And that just makes for a lot of, uh, a lot safer of a a protocol as well. And so I'm curious, um, as you guys are kind of building out your SDK Atom liquidity, Seems like it's pretty good already. You said a million on both, um, on both platforms. How are you guys approaching um, like other assets as well? Is, it, is the focus purely on Atom for now? Or are you branching out to other things like an Osmo token, Juno, or, or anything else in the ecosystem?
2: Yeah, uh, I think for now, the focus is uh, on getting SDK out there, kind of build, maybe you could say, a clear guideline of sorts of how to get an SDK asset out there. And once that is done, it is it becomes very replicable to kind of expand our chains. So whereas the focus right now is maybe getting STK Atom out there, we're also working for, for STK XPRT in the background and consequently expanding to other Cosmos assets as well. Because obviously we have the Cosmos side of PSTake, but there is also the side that goes beyond Cosmos. So we have STK BNB. I know uh Umi recently listed BNB. So we have STK BNB, which is the liquid state version for BNB, as well as Ethereum out. So yeah, we say it's a healthy mix of both, wherein we expand
3: SDK atoms utility at the same time, also think of chain expansion. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'm I'm curious. So you know, we we've heard a lot about Stride recently. I mean, they they've definitely um, in marketing wise, in terms of like additional token adoption, they've really um, captured a lot of sort of market share. And so as SDK Atom gets more and more adopted, and as we get it on Umi, and then it's going to have like lending applications. What do you see as like SDK at a sort of major benefit or how it competes with other liquid, liquid, um, liquid staking providers? Like what, is, what would you say is the core benefit and what makes you guys different from others? Yep, that's a great question.
2: Uh, I think one point that I mentioned earlier was also the user experience that is there. So if you come to the Pstake app, it is very, very much intuitive to kind of use. It, could, uh, it is as simple or as easy to use as, as if you know my mom could liquid stake with Pstake. So, that is what we've kept in mind while building the product. There is a DeFi section that is right there built into the app. So, you don't have to maybe go to other websites or other apps and then kind of deposit those assets. So, that that is one thing which is UX. Second is our delegation mechanism. So, obviously, we started off with a very simple and straightforward mechanism wherein we had at the time of launch uh, the largest validator set. Obviously, with Quicksilver's launch, there is the whole process of intent signaling and uh, the fact that you can delegate to any validator. But at the time of launch, we had the largest validator set, which was 62. And since then, we've been working with the folks at Observatory to kind of uh, develop an automated rebalancing mechanism. So, this kind of would take into consideration things like your on chain parameters of operator, as well as the off chain parameters, such that the delegation mechanism at the end benefits the decentralization of the hub. Because uh, that is an approach which kind of fits right in the middle of, you could say, a white lit, uh, council driven approach, as well as the intent signaling approach. So, that is what we feel uh, benefits the hub. So that's another thing. The third, which is a very cool thing, uh, which is also unique to PSTAG, I would say, is instant redemptions. So, uh, what you can do is let's say you have SDK Atom and you just want to get Atom back instantly, and that Atom, SDK Atom exists on the position state. So, rather than having to go to a DEX or rather transfer it to a DEX and then swap it out for Atom, consider the slippage, consider what the exchange rate is, what you can easily do is just go to the PSTAG platform and redeem for Atom instantly. So, how we do that is in the background, we're matching daily deposits with daily withdrawals, or you could say daily instant withdrawal. So, that's an innovation mechanism that we've built so that it becomes, again, a better user experience for someone who just wants to get out of a liquid shake asset more efficiently and more easily. So, that is another thing. And the third thing I would say is the persistence chain itself is what differentiates so we are uh, we are a chain that is going to have defi on the chain as well in terms of liquid staking we have a dex called dexter zone that is launching uh, i think in this or the next week early next week so that would be the very first dex in cosmos to have meta stable pools and we know that meta stable pools are one of the most efficient pools for liquid stake tokens wherein the exchange rate of a liquid stake token which is the rate the the, the relationship between uh, stk atom and atom since that is ever increasing in time for perpetuity due to do the atom staking rewards it is not that efficient for a stable for a pool to swap it because your SDK atom is increasing against atom every day so the that that is when you know, uh, Lps uh survive or other are subjected to impermanent loss but something like in metastable pool would kind of greatly uh make it more efficient so yeah I think that's a few things that kind of differentiate p stake or persistence from
3: maybe other liquid staking providers that are out there no, that's really awesome. And it's, and it's great to hear that you guys are building out DeFi applications for your actual liquid staking derivatives. I mean, something that really started with UMI um, was we wanted to focus on both. I mean, we have a slogan that UMI is you plus me, right? And so it's not just a slogan. It's also kind of the strategy um, of the actual token. So when you deposit something on UMI or you supply it as collateral, you get what a representation token called a U token. That's the U part. And so what the other part of it was, was the ME token. Now, ME token was originally supposed to be a liquid staking derivative, but as like folks like yourself and Stride and, and Quicksilver and, and Lido's coming over, have kind of um, sort of sat, not saturated the market, but there's definitely a lot of different options, right? It's really something that we're, we're looking into and in, in how to tweak the ME tokens to kind of help all of you. And so, yeah, we're, we're not looking to create a liquid staking derivative, but the ME tokens is something that we're focused on. And I definitely think that um, SDK Adam can be a huge part of that as we grow that out. So, yeah, definitely want to talk to you about that and Dexter more. But speaking of Dexter, how, how do you see that kind of uh, fitting into the ecosystem? Is, is that I've, I've heard a little bit about it, that it's kind of focused on like liquid staking assets, but how do you see that kind of fitting into the ecosystem and kind of being unique as a, as a DEX? when there are a couple other DEXs, you know, available, obviously. Yeah, that, that's definitely
2: true. So that is a product by the persistence team, you could say. Dexter is an individual team and uh, a separate team in itself. So I, I think one of the major focus for them was the fact that, you know, that or rather for persistence is to have that DeFi ecosystem purely and niched, in a niche manner for liquid staking. So the idea for that DEX was also to cater or, be, or kind of give traders and LPs the most efficient uh, capital efficiency on their uh, on their assets. Hence the, the decision to kind of launch with meta-stable pools, which is a first in Cosmos, if I'm not wrong. Uh, they'd be the first one to launch with metastable pools uh, which cater explicitly or increase the efficiency for liquid-sticked assets. So I think that's something should be pretty interesting to see. Obviously, that would uh, welcome liquidity for all liquid-sticked assets, but we do see kind of STK atom
3: liquidity to be there too. No, that's really interesting. I mean, and it's obviously a cool name, Dexter, right? But um, yeah, that, that's really cool because I know that, like, for example, like the Osmosis folks, they're a little bit hesitant towards liquid staking derivatives for, for valid, very, very valid reasons. Um, but there's also folks that, I mean, it's, it's kind of a situation where it's like you build these highly infl- inflationary tokens, right? And so obviously users are going to want to capture APR versus not capturing APR. And so if you have high inflation, you almost inevitably welcome liquid staking derivatives. And so having a DEX in the ecosystem that is not just willing to sort of focus on them, but also incentivize them. That's a really cool thing to have, not just for like UMI, for example, to have like a liquidity base for liquidations, but just all of users all across the board. So that's that's really awesome, man. Um, I'm curious. So so you talked a little bit about persistence and sort of some of the offerings they have. Obviously, PStake is that liquid uh, liquid staking derivative uh, protocol. You have Dexter. Is there anything else in persistence that you'd like to sort of take the chance to share with the community as they're getting to know uh, persistence overall? Yeah, I'm sure.
2: I think one of the uh, uh, it's a cooler things that we're working on apart from this is uh, the liquid staking module that is there. So for folks that don't know, liquid staking module is something that is being developed by Taki and the team at Inclusion. Which would basically if if the liquid staking model goes in the Cosmos hub, that would allow this the atom that is currently staked, which is around 66% of the supply from not wrong, uh, a portion of that to get directly converted into liquid staked uh tokens without having to kind of go through the 21-day unbonding period. So that is kind of you could say the major hurdle right now for maybe folks to liquid stake is they don't want to let go of that 21-day unbonding period. So I have a chunk of atom that is already staked. I don't want to unstake that and because that 21-day rewards is something that which I don't want to let go of. So what we're doing or what the Persistence team is working towards is getting a liquid staking module on the Persistence Core 1 chain. So ideally, that would essentially that would be used for uh when stake decides to issue STK XPRT, wherein STK the XPRT that is staked currently would be able to get converted into STK XPRT very easily. But we also want this to be kind of a contribution to the hub itself because we've seen that the LSM. Has been in the works for some time, you know, could possibly face some uh discussions on governance and maybe uh throwback from the Cosmos Hub itself, too. But we just want this to maybe serve as a proof of concept as well. And, you know the LS is, is something that works and this is something that should be on the hub. So positions kind of facilitates that as well as you know, kind of help STX xprd too. That's one of the cool things that we're working on. So we also already kind of have it in a development environment wherein we're testing how. Things like the fractional fractional delegation vouchers work. How the NFTs for those staking uh,
3: stake tokens would work. So that's a pretty cool thing that we're working on too. No, that's awesome, and it's also something I'm I'm kind of closely following as well. Um, the LSM is probably one of the most innovative things coming to Cosmos um, this year, um, outside of you know the whole Atom 2.0 vision, but the LSM from Iclusion. Uh, Zucky Mannion's team is really, really a cool innovation where you can, for anyone that doesn't know, um, basically what you can do is you can take your staked assets and you don't have to wait the unbonding period. You basically can use your shares to mint a liquid staking deriv- derivative. Sorry. And so what that allows you to do is obviously you don't have to do anything with the unbonding periods. You can also effectively send your staked assets to other folks via this staking derivative as well. So there's a lot of cool things that you can do with this instant redemptions. Um, there's a lot of cool innovations, and it's something that we're looking to bring to Umi as well. So as you know, persistence kind of takes the takes that ball over the hill and really is like the sort of the um, innovative here innovator here. Um, we're watching it. I know the hub is watching it, and so definitely want to thank you guys for you know doing that work and and really you know hammering it out um, because it saves a lot of the the rest of the ecosystem time obviously. And so, and also happy to help out in any way that we can, if there's anything that we can help with testing and anything like that, because it's something that we're definitely going to use um, to integrate with um, you guys, if we do like an SDK UMI in the future, but also just any liquid staking derivative of an UMI token in the future. Yeah, for sure.
2: Because I think this, this more, uh, I think from, from uh, when you read about LSM, the first thought that comes that, okay, fine, it makes my current stake, uh, into liquid state very easily, but then there are far more you know complex applications as well for you know protocol chains like UMI as well. so uh, I mean an example here is uh, from maybe the Solana ecosystem, so there's a boring learning protocol called Solend that is there. So what they did in terms of maybe risk mitigation was that uh, they allowed users to have the option to be paid back in either Sol or msol, which was a liquid state towards in Marinade. so that uh, gives them maybe an option better efficiency on liquidations. But you know what we could have, because we are in Cosmos, because LSM could exist, we could have the LSM acting as a layer between the asset, which is atom, and the state asset, which is SDK atom, to serve as the liquidation layer in a way. For example, if my collateral is getting liquidated and there's not enough enough liquidity for it to be converted back to atom, what I could simply do is I could just take a call or take a uh, receipt of that state atom and then provide that to me, and that serves us you know, maybe the liquidation liquidity in the first place. That's really cool.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a huge other sort of use cases, not just for UMI, but definitely we're watching it for the hub, um, because like you mentioned, if you have instant redemptions, that makes liquidation so much easier. You you become less reliant on the DEX liquidity of the liquid staking derivative, because as, as you know, many folks that use like Osmosis or anything like that know, um, the the SD Atom, for example, pool is a lot less liquidity than, say, like the Atom Osmo pool. That's their main pool with most of the liquidity. So if we can have a way to do an instant redemption and then swap using the Atom Osmo pool, that just makes our life a lot easier. And then we can extend, basically, the amount of uh, supply caps that we have for a liquid staking derivative like an SDK Atom. It just makes life a lot easier that way. So definitely kudos to you guys. And and it's a, it's a huge innovation, obviously. So the more people that adopt it, obviously the more liquid staking derivatives we can have on UMI. So we're all for it. Yep. Uh, I think from our
2: perspective, maybe we, we, we believe that we are the liquid staking hub for Cosmos. It just makes sense for the liquid staking module to be there uh, as a proof of concept for the hub as well. And yeah, as you rightly mentioned, you know, because liquidity is always going to be fragmented. But it becomes a hurdle for maybe liquid staking protocols to build that liquidity for their derivatives in the first place this allows you to maybe surpass that or maybe even make a even more efficient way to let
3: DeFi flourish in cosmos considering if you believe that you know liquid staking is going to be the norm which we do yeah absolutely man and and was i want to give you some time to ask some questions too i know i've been hogging the mic
1: oh no you're you're all good man i've been uh working on all these other things that are popping up you know how it is um <laughs> but yeah i mean uh, what's uh I mean, what's the, the timeline with uh, Crescent liquidity? You know, we're, we're working on these indexers and I'm, I'm excited to see all that really pop up pretty soon.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, for Crescent, uh, uh, I think when we were deciding initially to bootstrap liquidity before maybe while Dexter was in the development cycle, uh, it was a clear choice. Obviously, Osmosis might be the good place to bootstrap the liquidity, but we wanted to have that diverse uh, liquidity for STC atom as well in the interchain. Because we know that users are everywhere and not just on one particular chain, so I think Crescent was a very obvious choice because of the fact that there were uh, cool things like obviously they have instant unbondings that is there for LP, so it becomes again very user friendly to provide liquidity. And second thing is the range pool concept that is there. It is super interesting. Again, it helps capital efficiency. It helps maybe the flourishing of liquid staking. And the third thing which I think umi is also looking forward to is their LF tokens, which would which could serve as you know a potential second step after liquid staking so we already we already all live in Uh, by the way we've been there for around almost two months now we have uh i'm not sure i'll have to check but around a million dollars in liquidity there too
1: yeah that's awesome i'm i'm excited about the lf tokens we're working on um you know pricing those out can be a little bit tricky but uh supporting those on uh, you know leverage implementations and uh you know bringing that information over to the rest of the cosmos is pretty excited to see lf tokens from liquid staking derivatives is going to be kind of a trip it's going to be it's going to be really cool to see all the applications that come out of it yeah i mean i i think that's all i had for you you know I, I keep in my little oracle box typically
3: all right go back into your your quarters was um one question bro come on man leaving me out to dry (laughs) i know i know i got people messaging me man (laughs) that damn oho it's so hot right now but um yeah obviously like like Waz mentioned the lf tokens from crescent hub it's actually something i'm kind of going through a little bit of an audit with their code right now just to make sure um our next major product that we're looking to release is, is kind of a all, hand, all, uh, all good to go. But yeah, basically, what we're looking to do is take the LF tokens and and have a sort of managed uh, leverage yield farming option with Crescent Hub. So, for anyone out there that's listening, I mean, if if Crescent Hub has been something that you've kind of considered in the past, but you know, you've kind of just mainly played around with like Osmosis or one of the other larger dexes. Maybe you've jumped on the Kanto train recently. Um, Crescent Hub is something that I think is going to make a lot of noise this year. Um, they're upping their incentives. They have a lot of cool tokens on there, including SDK Atom, and obviously we're working on integration there for leverage yield farming. And so what that means is not only can you loop your um, loop your your LP tokens in a way that you can get you know your incentives on on Crescent, um, and you can sort of up those by like say two x three x whatever the, the case may be, depending on the to- the specific pair. But what you can also do is just use them as generic uh, collateral as well. So that's something we're working on. Um, so not only can you, say, earn whatever the SDK Atom, um, Atom pool is earning in terms of, like, Crescent rewards, but you'll be able to use that as collateral, and then you can borrow tokens on top of that and then use those for further DeFi. So it's, it's going to be basically a, a big APY fest in, in terms of, like, just DJ DJN loops, but also while being safe. Being within that historical realm of having a lot of safety features, and then obviously coupling this with some of our IBC rate limiting, um, IBC rate limiting um, updates coming out, this is going to be one of the most safest uh, projects that you can get actually earn a high APY on. So definitely looking forward to working with um, with persistence and and with Stake specifically more in in the future. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, definitely want to keep in touch and and keep that communication open, Vancar. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're close to the end um, of our session, uh, Vancard. Is there anything that you want to sort of shill uh, towards the end? Anything you want to pump? Uh, anything cool coming out that you are most excited for?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, from maybe the SDK atoms perspective, I think the next big thing could, will just also be the only integration. We have a discussion for out on the Pumi Commonwealth Forum. So everyone is kind of uh, invited to go through the, the, the thoughts that we've put out, participate in the discussion and, you know, consequently vote when it goes out for a proposal. That's a major thing that we're looking forward to, as well as the Dexter launch that is happening, uh, wherein we'll try to build more liquidity for SDK Atom, more efficient liquidity for SDK Atom in the Interchain. And I'd say from a position's perspective, I think, yeah, the LSM is the biggest thing, or the, the, one of the biggest priorities that we have.
3: Absolutely, man. And- was I keep wanting to pump the me token right now and drop some alpha, but I... I Don't I do it. it. Don't okay. do it, man. Yeah, okay, I won't do You're it. You're getting ahead of yourself, Brandon. Come I on. Do I do this every I do this every goddamn into the Umiverse. We're, okay, we're going to start go-
1: looking like Chainlink if we keep dropping alpha and then not <laughs> releasing it.
3: Okay, I won't do it. I won't do it. But the me tokens are coming, everybody, okay? And they're going to be really fucking cool. And it's going to really create a explosion of LSD uh, I shouldn't say explosion of LSDs that sounds wrong but an explosion of liquid staking derivatives and also stable coins in cosmos and it's something that I'm most excited for so definitely cosmos DeFi summer it's what we're pref- what we're preparing for and I think um, I think there's going to be a lot of partnerships between umi and peaceakke to make that happen so yeah I want to thank you uh, vankar for coming on um, for sharing your perspective and giving us all these wonderful updates on uh, P-Stake and Persistence, Persistence's different products. Um, Yeah, if there's no closing thoughts, I think we're good to go. Thank you, everybody, for joining into the Umiverse. And yep. we'll see you next week with another... Uh, One
2: awesome. closing thought was, I mean, you said that, the, you know, there's a cost of the DeFi summer that is coming. I think I'm very much prepared for that. And we'll, we'll have the liquidity for Staked
3: Assets ready. 100%, man. Yeah, we're all in this together. And I think everyone's sort of building something that kind of, has a different piece of the puzzle and um this cosmos DeFi summer is going to be crazy man i don't think people are are anticipating what uh, the level of DeFi that's uh that's being built right now behind the scenes but we're definitely excited for it man and uh, like i said thank you to everyone for joining um we'll be back next week with with another awesome guest and we'll give you some more alpha then thanks so much having me guys
0: thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was Into the Yumiverse, featuring Peace Stake Finance, recorded on Wednesday, March twenty second, two 2023. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you wanna keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate.